Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Lee's World's Podcast. It is I, your host, Big Lee, coming to you once again from the Boom Boom Room right here in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I want to give a shout out first and foremost to everybody that has been supporting the podcast over the past couple. Well, now it's crazy to think we've been doing this now for a couple of years. And uh, I just want to thank everybody that's been supporting it. I want to thank everybody that went out to BigLee'sWorld.com and picked up your Big Lee's World t-shirt. And I want to give a special shout out to uh, Miss Jill McKee, who I got to see uh, a couple weeks ago in Indiana. We went down to the Pro Wrestling Trainwreck Southern Sickness 2021. She came up to me and uh, was telling me that she listens to the podcast. She's a big supporter, and I greatly appreciate that. I first met Jill in Chicago, and uh, we've been friends since then. And just to have her come up and tell me that she listens to the podcast and supports it, I greatly appreciate that. Jill, thanks for listening. I really appreciate all the support. And today, I have with me a very special guest via Skype. I have Slammer Mania running wild, Chris Slammer. Chris, how you doing today? I am doing great, brother. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well here. I'd get that intro out, get a little long-winded here, so now I need to take like a little nap break from That's doing this. <laughs> nap away. I'll just sit here and wait on you. <laughs> All right, we are coming off of the last uh, CCW show. Uh, do you want to take a chance at pronouncing this name? Malevolence. Malevolence. CCW which is, Malevolence. Not which quite is not, sure what it means, but it sounds pretty cool. Which is not apparently the uh, European hardcore band. <laughs> no, and it's uh, not anything to do with Disney. Isn't there a movie called Malevolence or something? Isn't that the uh, reverse story of uh, something with Snow White? I was going to say, like, the the one that was supposed to be the witch. I should know this as much Disney as we do. Is that the Mirror Mirror Witch? I think so, yeah. Is her name Malevolent or Malevolent? I, Maleficent, I thought. Mal- oh, okay. Close. Almost, almost the same thing. Never mind. I went way off. Sorry. Hey, it sounds the same. And, like, when I first... I saw the first one. I think there's a second one, isn't there? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I may have seen Snow White, but I don't think I've seen any of the other stuff. Because, I mean, I, I think there's a second one. But There uh, might be. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. And, you know, it seems like Disney these days are starting to make these movies where it's like, I guess, like a backstory, like an odd view of the backstory, because, like, I think they just dropped this weekend that Cruella movie. I seen that that was out. Yeah. Are you gonna watch it? Uh, I I don't know. I, I I am actually not much of a movie watcher. I don't sit down and watch movies hardly ever anymore. I try I don't have to, a lot but... of time really. So for me, like, I uh, just starting to get back to going to the theater for this whole pandemic. Like, I do enjoy watching the movies at the house, but my problem is I have to try to watch it like two or three times because I'll yeah. fall asleep during it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I can see it'd be a little rough for you to watch a movie, you know, between yeah, the I shoot mean, job and being big-time wrestling. I don't know about the big-time wrestling, but UPS pretty much, you know, Monday through Friday, UPS pretty much owns my life. By the time I get done working, I come home and work out. By the time I sit down, the only thing that I commit to watching and – is I will watch Monday Night Raw. I I watch it. I suffer through it. I don't think it's as good as it used to be, of course. But I've seen every episode ever, and I 
I'm still a WWE supporter, and I will always watch it. <laughs> so, like, so you follow? So you just watch Raw, or do you follow all the WWE? Well, I yeah. I mean, I watch SmackDown, and I watch all the paper. So yeah, I follow it. So, what about the NXT? You know, I watch. I should watch all of them because it's the best product they have. I think. Uh, so. I, I will say I watch it 40% of the time. I'm not going to say I watch it all the time, uh, 40% uh -huh. of the time. So how do you, I guess, you know, it's not really a chronological story of the history of Slammer here, but uh, how do you, like, how, what keeps you a fan of the WWE? Because, like, I used to be, like, where I, when I grew up, of course, down in the South, you know, WWF at the time mm -hmm. wasn't really prevalent. It was all about WCW. Yeah, but, I, uh, I was very anti-WCW. I was only a <laughs> WWF guy. I thought WCW was stupid. Uh, I, I, when I was a kid, I, I mean, I wasn't a big Ric Flair fan. I wasn't a Sting fan. I mean, I didn't really care for those guys because they was WCW, and I never watched it very much. Uh -huh. I was just strictly a WWF guy. I'm just a Hogan guy, Warrior, Macho Man. I mean, those are... That's what I watched, and uh, just because when, when Hogan jumped ship to WCW uh -huh. before Hollywood, I also jumped ship because I'm I'm a I'm a watch Hogan wherever he goes. So that's when my when, that's when I started really watching WCW, and then that's when I started becoming you know a Sting fan. I mean, I liked Flair. I liked Flair when he came to WWF, of course. Right, but. Yeah, uh, and I guess I watched enough of it. You know, I remember when The Undertaker made his debut at Survivor Series. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's mean Mark Callis. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I knew who people were when they jumped jumped ship, you know. So for back down south, like, WWF didn't get prominent uh, television distribution where I lived at in the boot hill until, right. like, 98. So right after oh. WrestleMania 14. So that was right in the whole attitude. I think that's like when a lot of people really became a WWF fan, like like a lot of, like, you know. Yeah, it current, really took it to the mainstream. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, like in the mid-80s when Hogan and, you know, when they did the whole rock and wrestling connection and stuff like that, that, mm -hmm. that made it a little more popular, a lot more popular. But when Austin came along, I mean, that just really, yeah. that skyrocketed wrestling into the mainstream. Because everybody, like when I was in school, it, it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan. And no one really talked about it. It's funny nowadays, like the people that, like if I'm on Facebook with a friend from high school or something, they'll say I'm a wrestler. They're like, it's so cool. I'm like, didn't even know you liked wrestling. They was, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought I was the only person. It, it, it's crazy. Like people, it seems like if people got older, they're not afraid to admit they were a fan. Yeah. All of a sudden they're a fan. It's like, you should have been a fan back then. <laughs> but yeah, going back to that though. Uh, so like we would only see WWF product. Like we go to the local video store when they'd get the Coliseum videos. Yeah, and you'd watch it, and like, if you're you're not invested in the story, you're just like seeing these guys, and some of it, you know, it looked, you know, quote unquote, pretty hokey. Yeah, like you know, the whole doink the clown and doink, yeah, 
Yeah, so, I, you, you know that that kind. Of, I like. I actually like Doink when he at first came in when he was a hill. Uh huh. I, I thought I thought it was cool. I liked it, but I I, I liked a lot of uh, the dorky stuff that you said you didn't like. So, <laughs> but and see, like some of the stuff, like you know, one of the biggest ones is uh, well, take Jerry Lawler for example. So okay. like you would see Jerry Lawler like when he would feud with Bret Hart, right? Stuff like that, like. You know, he's this antagonistic heel. Right. But, you know, when local show, what, you know, of course, then was the USWA, would run, like, little small towns around me and would go to it. Like, Lawler was this, like, huge baby face. Right. So, like, as you're trying to, like, get your mind wrapped around these uh, storylines and stuff like that, you just kind of catch yourself being like, well, wait a minute here. You why confused. is <laughs> Yeah, like, why is... uh. Jerry Lawler, a bad guy here on TV, on these videos. But when you go see him in person, everybody loves him. Right. And then, uh, you know, at that time, right before they were really starting to get on the TV distribution down there, and USWA was touring, you know, they had picked up, like, the fake Diesel and the fake Razor Ramon. Okay. And at that time, it was like, you didn't really register in your mind, like, being a WCW guy, like, I know that's not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Right. Because they're on Nitro. But, right. you know, they're at the local casino in uh, Crothersville, Missouri, doing a show. Who are these characters, and how corny is it that somebody <laughs> here is dressed as a fake diesel and a fake Razor Ramon? Yeah. It, and it then was so, going, yeah, it, it was so stupid when they did that back then. But now it's like, you know what? That, that, now I think, man, that's kind of neat, really. They have these, the fake diesel and the fake Razor. <laughs> it's, as the kids say, it's very petty, and I love it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And then, uh, you know, that was a thing. Like, that's what kind of pulled me. Like, once we started getting the weekly WWF product, you know, I was an Austin fan. You know, I was an Undertaker yeah. fan. It was like those two really, like, pulled me into that product because it's like, honestly, if anybody knows me outside of this, like, you know, that's my, that's almost like my personality mixed together is like and a Austin, little bit of Undertaker. the. Undertaker. Yeah. The, hosti- the hostility, fun party of Austin, and then like the you dark, the dark evil scary the, movies and the angry metal stuff. music, yeah, yeah, of The Undertaker. <laughs> right. So it's just like, oh man, like the, the I can relate to this. And then right. at the time, you know, the NWO was kind of on the downside, and right. then uh, you know, Raven wasn't really quite what he was in ECW, and what you know you were hoping. He would be in WCW. Yeah. So, like, and I'd got lucky, yeah. you know, getting some of those tapes in as I was younger of ECW. Yeah, well, so what, I, what works in one place typically sometimes don't work in another place. Exactly. But and as like, a, you know, Big Papa, Big Papa Pump when he was in WCW, that was awesome. And then when they tried it in the WWE, it was just like, ugh. Just yeah, didn't really work. It, well, it seemed like it was kind of more watered down there. It was, and it's kind of like the whole Mad Hardy thing, the whole broken thing. When they tried that in the WWE, it was just like uh, maybe. He wasn't, wait, he wasn't broken. He was what woken. Was he was right? woken. Yeah. Well, he was just when they returned back at that WrestleMania, they were just the Hardy Boys, and then I guess he turned into that woken character, and it it was kind of okay, but then it was just. Kind of like you said, kind of watered down. And then when he jumped to that AEW and tried it, I guess they just 
I get why it was just all of a sudden done. Well, Hardy said in an interview, he's like, yeah, the whole broken gimmick doesn't really work without fans. So we're just going to kind of put it on a shelf until fans get back and see where we're Uh at with it. Well, I, when you remember we had Jeff down at CCW a couple of years ago, I was actually talking to him about the whole, that was like literally what a month before they returned to WrestleMania. So no, so when Matt no, was there, no, 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 that was when Matt was there. Yeah, okay. Jeff, they were already Jeff back at was WWE, hurt, and Jeff had the concert. Yeah, at at the arena. So I, I was talking to him then. He was he was in the WWE at the time. He was just doing these little tours because he had tore his shoulder up or whatever. Right. And I I was talking to him about the whole broken thing. Something had come up, and I was like, so. Is that something that he wants to run with, or is it about done? He goes, oh, gosh, no. He said, there is so much stuff that he has in his head for this. It could go for a long time. I was like, okay, well, if that's what you say, I'll just go with what you're telling me. But, see, that's that falls under that list. Like, even today, like, I see some of the stuff that's pretty hokey, and I feel like that the whole broken, woken, Mad Hardy guy, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I liked it before they brought when they what gosh what was they in was it impact tna what was they in yeah because they did oh, tna that, impact yeah. and ring of honor yeah and they was going around beating all these people for their tag team titles like all these independents and all this stuff and i was like man yeah. this is awesome it, but i don't know once once he tried it wwe it was just like uh maybe not yeah i mean they should have just had him be straight up the hardy boys and just been with that like that. Well, I, I mean, Vince is, for a while. Yeah, I was gonna say that's one of the things. Though, like Vince is not good with the whole. Uh, if a gimmick gets over at another company, bringing it back and keeping it to that level. Yeah. I mean, look at what he, they did. With, I was never a Goldberg fan, uh-huh. but if you look at Goldberg, like how he was in the WWE versus how he was in WCW, yeah, it just didn't even hold a candle to it. Oh no, I I was I was never I was never a Goldberg fan. I like him, I like him just fine, but I mean I was I mean people that were on fire for him, I just never got it. I knew he, I mean it was cool that he was so big and athletic and whatever, but uh-huh. I didn't want him. I also didn't want him to beat Hogan. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, and see to me that's kind of a little bit where the hokiness also comes in of being like yeah. So Hogan's going to face in Goldberg's like home area and like the huge stadium. And it's Mm -hmm. like his big ordeal. You know, you know, Goldberg's going to go over. Yeah. And I remember the Matt, what was it? Sting and Hogan. I mean, I've always, I've like, well, I didn't like Sting early WCW, but once Hogan jumped over there, I started liking Sting. Uh I did not want Sting to beat Hogan for the title. And I knew he would. What was that? Halloween Havoc or something. I can't remember. Was it Halloween Havoc or Starcade? It, it, gosh, it was one of them. And I remember getting that pay per view, and I remember Sting winning. I just remember it not being a very good match. <laughs> and I was just like, gosh, why did he have to win for? And I liked Sting. I liked Sting then, but I just didn't want him to beat Hogan. I did. I never want Hogan to lose. So <laughs> I got you. So uh, going uh, into, I, hey, I, I watched WrestleMania six, and I would. I'm a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. But he was wrestling Hogan. I did not want him to beat Hogan, but I, and I was very sad that he did. Even though I was still a huge Warrior fan, I mean Warrior is like my number two favorite wrestler. But 
So that's a good transition I was looking to there because I just watched Friday, the whole Dark Side of the Ring and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Do you ever watch those? Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen the Dark Sides Warrior. I've been watching the A&E biography series, which uh-huh. they did the Warrior this week because they had changed it. Uh, so the Warrior episode of the WWE's biography would show before the Dark Sides. So I haven't seen the Dark Sides yet. I know it has a lot more... According to, I, I forget what I was listening to, might have been that Jim Cornette show. They said they had moved it up and they're talking more to the Warriors' first wife in that Dark yeah. Side series. I haven't seen any of the Dark Side series this year yet. I've seen all the other episodes the years before. Okay. So, like I said, you know, being kind of cut off from the WWF. And then once I, little bits I got to see of it, I was never really an Ultimate Warrior fan. Mm hmm. But at the same time, I didn't realize how many people did not like Ultimate Warrior. Apparently, nobody did in the in the locker room, I guess. Yeah, and the, you kind of talk. They talk about that a lot in the uh, in that dark side. You know, uh, Corny goes on there and says that he's not a fan. Jim Ross says he's not a fan. Uh, who who is Jim Cornette a fan of besides the Midnight Express? So. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I get on the line with uh, Jim Cornette. I listen to like, his show. I agree. I like some of the stuff he says or some stuff I don't like. See, I like new school wrestling, but I like old school wrestling. Uh-huh. But, you know, the cartoony WWF stuff, I like that the best. I always so, will. That's just my That's just my personality. So when he came to Cape Comic Con years ago, I got to meet Cornette. And we talked a good 15, 20 minutes, never about wrestling, but about politics. Oh, see, yeah. So me and him, like, we have a similar outlook of sorts on a lot of politics. So we never really talked about wrestling. But, you know, he's very anti-deathmatch. Right. I'm very pro, well... My involvement match. with my <laughs> with the Antifight Underground, you know, it's pretty well out there that I'm pretty big pro deathmatch. Right. So that's where, like, you know, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, me and Corny, we have to kind of maybe part our ways here. Yeah. But and that was one <laughs> of the things that agree to disagree on that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing though. It comes out with this is like when Jim Cornette's like bashing Ultimate Warrior, and. uh I'm not going to get into why he's bashing. That's for all y'all to watch, and y'all can have that internal debate yourself. But when he's what the reasons why he's bashing the Ultimate Warrior, you're kind of like, eh, you know, you hate to admit it, but Jim Cornette's right. <laughs> like this guy, yeah, you know, he's not the he's not the best of people. So, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I think I've watched all of them so far. Yeah, uh, I need to I need to get on there and and go ahead because I want to see the Pillman episode. As a matter of fact, I got a because I don't have Vice, but I have uh, they show them on YouTube, and I got on there to watch the Pillman episodes, and they weren't on there unless I was just looking in the wrong place. But they had the next. Well, that's because just, the people I are want to watch them in order. The people that are putting them up there, uh-huh. like for this season, they're not uh-huh. Vice approved. So oh. they're bootlegs. So people, they're YouTube are pulling them. Uh, 
So you have to catch it usually on there like right after it airs before it gets pulled. Or uh, we uh, we finish this up, and I don't forget, I'll send you a link to watch them. Yeah, send it to me because I'm going to watch them. But uh, so like I watched the Pillman one. Uh, no surprise, I watched the Nick Gage one. Although oh, it's not, course. you know, be the big deathmatch uh, guy. I hear, I know, I know Jim Cornette's a big fan of Nick Gage too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think honestly, you know what he came he came up to me at Cape. I didn't. I really don't know a whole lot about him. I've seen a couple of his death matches. Uh-huh. I don't know him. Don't know. Him. But he came to Cape and had a match. And I mean, he walked up to me. I mean, he did the wrestler thing. He came up, shook my hand, told me his name, and you know, he was super nice. Oh yeah, like that. And that's he, didn't, he didn't hit me with a glass panel or anything he shook my hand like a gentleman <laughs> i mean that's one of those things out there like anybody knows the business knows that like deathmatch wrestlers are like the nicest of all wrestlers yeah you and and that's why they is usually you always hear that the the people that are you think are the meanest people are the biggest toughest people are usually the nicest people and typically the baby face people are the biggest jerks you'll ever meet in person exactly but uh so like I said, I watched the Gage one. Like a lot of stuff I already knew just from my travels and seeing him and you know stuff like that. But I think honestly, the one that I don't remember this happening as a kid. But uh, going back and watching the the dark side on it is crazy. But it was like the collision course. Do you remember this? Uh, I don't. I don't guess. So basically, it's I think it was ninety five, maybe, okay. when WCW went and did a show in North Korea. Okay, okay. So, with like I think like Muhammad Ali and also Antonio Noki were there. Okay. So that one to me was probably the most eye opening because I sure didn't remember that. Yeah, I I guess I yeah I need I do know I I need to see that episode because. Either I just don't remember it, or I just don't know about it. Because uh, that's probably one of the biggest decisions Hulk Hogan made that I'll agree with. Because uh, they said they went to Hogan first about going there, and Hogan's like, nah, brother, that's not for me. (laughs) 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 Good decision, Hulkster. Right, right. So with that, let's talk about your origins here. Origins. Uh, The origins, yes. You know, how... You, you in essence, are like an... So you started out as an outlaw wrestler. An outlaw wrestler. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that LPW typically... That... that not, it's not uh, every day you can say Slammer the outlaw wrestler. Right. The outlaw Chris Slammer. Well, the whole, the whole wrestling thing... I've just been a wrestling fan since birth, basically. Ever, you know, just since a, a kid... And that's all I've ever wanted to be was a wrestler. I mean, that's your typical, anybody that's a wrestler will tell you that's all they ever wanted to be was a wrestler. I mean, that is the case with me. Anybody ever asked me when I was growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to be a wrestler. uh, I I remember a story I went, I had, uh, went and had a checkup at the doctor when I was a kid. And the doctor asked me, this is a true story. Uh, He said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Instantly, I said, I want to be a professional wrestler. And he said, Nah, you can't do that because you're too small. He said those guys are big and huge, and I was like, just stunned. And you know, and to this day, I just want to go 
up to him and knock him in his head and say, here you go, Dr. Bowie. I'm a wrestler. I may not be on TV, but you know, I'm a, I am a wrestler. I am doing it. But anyway, long story short, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, there, honestly, there's up until now, really, there wasn't a whole lot of places that you could really go to be a wrestler, mm-hmm. like wrestling schools and stuff. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, there was a, I, I'll give you a little origin on the name Slammer. If you have any desire to know that. There was a wrestling school in California called Slammer's Wrestling Gym. It was in all the, you know, pro wrestling, illustrated inside wrestling, you know, those magazines. I used to get all those. And that was the only school I ever seen promoted to train somebody to be a professional wrestler. And I just remember uh, this is where I want to go. Sent him a letter and he sent me a letter back and, you know, we'd love to have you out here one day. I'm like, Awesome. So he sent me a shirt, then he sent me another shirt. And <laughs> one day, and I can't remember what year it was, I actually went. He invited me out. He's like, won't you come out and check the place out? I'm like, okay. So I got an airplane ticket, never been on an airplane, flew out to LA. He picked me up, took me to Bakersfield, California. That's where they had their uh, Slammers Wrestling Federation. I got to watch matches out there that night super awesome uh i'll tell you one of the wrestlers that was on the card you'll know ed ferreira you know who he is the guy that used to write for wcw yeah he did that terrible jim he, ross he, deal he was the oklahoma guy yeah he, he he was beautiful bruce bodine he was a wrestler out there and i think he was a writer for that show weird science remember the 90s show weird science not yeah, the movie on- but the tv show yeah I think he was I think he was the writer for that show. So anyway, he was on there and I've actually I'm friends with him on Twitter now. I I sent him a picture one day. I'm like, "I seen you wrestle in whatever back at Slammers." And he he thought that was cool and we <laughs> I've become friends with him. He's uh I don't know what people think of him in the wrestling world. I think he's pretty cool. But uh anyway, I went out to Slammers for like 3 days, stayed in LA or I think he lived in Santa Barbara, but I got to go out there, check it out. I got into a wrestling ring for the first time, you know, just didn't really do anything. I didn't like take a bump or anything as such, but I went out there and then I came home and that was pretty much the end of it. I mean, I, he said, you know, I could come out there, stay, get a job. And me and Heather were actually together at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I forget where I was working at, but then me and Heather actually got engaged and I met a guy here in Missouri that had a wrestling ring in Jackson, Missouri. Uh, his name was Dan Burdick. Do you know him? He used no, to wrestle under the name, the professional and then wore mm-hmm. a mask. Anyway, I met him through a friend in Farmington that was a wrestler and I kind of got hooked up with him. And no sooner than I met this guy, he's like, uh, I know I told you that I'll train you to wrestle, but we're moving to Minnesota. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, my dreams are crushed. He's like, you're welcome to come to Minnesota if you want. He goes, I'll train you. You can stay at our house. So me and Heather were actually engaged to be married. My dad was in the hospital waiting on heart transplant. And I told everybody that I was moving to Minnesota to become a wrestler. (laughs) so so i literally packed my stuff up and i went to minnesota and i was there for like two weeks 
And I don't know what a mental breakdown is, but I kind of had one and I came home and I was just like, you know what? Maybe one of these days I'll be a wrestler. Who knows? My dad had a heart transplant. He's had it for 22 years. He's good. Uh, awesome. Me and Heather got married. And uh, then a guy in Farmington, his name is Chris Epps, and he went under the name of L.A. Cash. He was a wrestler around Missouri. I know, uh, I don't know if you knew who he was or not. No, huh? But he opened a gym up in Farmington, and he had a wrestling ring. And I joined that gym and started wrestling over there. We just, I'd go in there and practice a couple times a week and just did that for like a year until my gym membership was up. And about the time my membership was up there, he moved to Florida. (laughs) So that kind of, at that time, I was just like, I guess I don't know if I'm going to be a wrestler or not, you know. So... Fast forward to 2003, uh, or let's see, me and Heather married, Paige was born in 2000, so 2003 I got my job at UPS, and pretty much that has, well, I worked uh, two jobs when I started at UPS, because UPS was only like five hours a day, five days a week, so I had a full-time job on top of that, so I had a a 40-hour-a-week job plus the 25 hours at UPS, I did that for three and a half years until I became a full-time driver at UPS and now being a full-time driver is just like having a part-time job and a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, fast forward to 2017, I've been at UPS, what, 14 years at this time. And I randomly hear from, I, I don't even know how I heard about it, a guy in Potosi and Potosi is literally like 20 miles away from me, 15 miles. And I heard that a guy that trained under Jimmy Snuka has a wrestling ring and has opened a wrestling school in Potosi. So I get on their Facebook page and I looked at it and I was like, okay. So I liked the page. That was it. So I think the next morning I had a message from him. He's like, Hey, seen you liked my page. I was uh, stalking your page, seeing you liked Hulk Hogan and all this. He's like, are you just a fan? Are you a wrestler? Just kind of asking. So I basically told him my story. He's like, why don't you come out Tuesday? We'll be having practice. And I was like, all right, you know, am I boring you by any way? If this is boring, I'll, we can do something else. <laughs> Dude, I no, like no, wait. This, this, like this, is, this is a slammer episode. Okay, I, I don't I don't want it to be boring. I don't want to bore you or anything. If anybody's listening, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, this guy is so boring. Because I've told this story so many times, to, not, not to a lot of people. But anyway, uh, that Tuesday night, I went out there. You know, they didn't have a ring yet. It was basically some mats on the floor above a gym in Potosi. And he is a super nice guy. I don't know if he trained under Jimmy Superfly Snooker or not. Uh, maybe he went to a couple practices. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I just kind of started going out there on Tuesday and Thursdays after work. Usually, I could never make it at six o'clock. I told him, I'm like, I'll never be here at six o'clock because I'm lucky to be off work by you know an early day of six mm-hmm. or seven, you know, and then had to drive out there. But after a few weeks, he actually got a wrestling ring. Uh, it was a ring. It it was great. 
and we start having some practices out there. then he started inviting people like to watch our shows, not sanctioned by any commission or anything. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't charging admission, so it was kind of like, I guess an what uh, an ex- exhibition type thing or whatever. But we actually started getting like a lot of people coming up there and crowding into this little room. We was getting like 70, 80 people in there. It was crazy, and oh, wow, we we were actually having matches. My matches are on YouTube if you want to see the train wreck that is LPW. <laughs> but it was wrestling. I My first match is on there, and the match, the kid that I wrestled was super nice. I had a rib out of place for the first match, and it hurt so bad, and I couldn't hardly breathe. And somehow I managed to pick him up and power slam him and won that match. But anyway... It was, it was fun. It was crazy. Next thing you know, the dude makes me his champion. And one day he's like, I need the belt back. I'm like, okay. So I just gave the belt to a kid that lived close to me to take back to him. Next thing I know this here and there, they've had a couple of shows, but, uh, from what I understand, the ring is burned down and gone and don't know much about it but anyway when i was still part of lpw i actually won tickets to ccw for the matt hardy show yeah so i came down to that show and i remember i i think i became friends with maybe you and uh ken on facebook and who was that barry yeah was he and i'd become friends with you guys and i don't know which one i talked to i was just like man i wish you guys had it was Barry. Was it Barry? I was like, man, yeah. I wish you, and I don't know why even how it came up or anything. I was like, man, I wish you guys had like something going on down here to train people. And he's like, Hey, we actually are thinking about doing something. And I remember he announced it and said something to me. And I remember it was like, we're going to take applications. And I was like, man, these guys are never going to let me be a part of this. I was just, I was like, well, I'll, I'll apply. And you guys had me down and, what was that, 2017? Either 2017 or 18. It was February of 2018, and I'd been, except for a couple times I went on vacation, I'd been to every show and set up the ring every time down there and been a part so ever since. So kind of how that went about, uh, whenever we decided that we were going to uh, start the training program, like, you know, and put the thing out of, like, where people want to apply. And I did, like, inside interviews with people. And uh, Barry was like, hey, I talked to this guy. And uh, I think he'd be really good for it. And when he first sent it, sent over who he was going to be, I was like, ah, great. Not one of these guys. Because, <laughs> like, you got to understand, like, uh, yeah. my first interview I did with a training or, like, to interview for a training program, like, this guy literally told me, he's like, so who runs the training? I was like, well, it's Brandon Barbar. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that because he's a bad guy and he did this to somebody. And oh I just can't appreciate, gosh. I don't appreciate that because like, I believe in wrestling. Like there's a, there's a honor system and you don't cheat and do this. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
<laughs> so then when he sent me this, uh, he sent me your information and I looked at it, I was like, this is going to be that kid all over again. <laughs> so yeah, you were one of the, you know, the starting class and one of the few that has made it this entire time. It's, I guess me, Dalton and Trindle are the ones that yeah. were, that have been there from the beginning. And then JJ and Abby came. I don't remember when they came. And Abby, she was actually part of our LPW. She was there. Oh, yeah. She was there before me. Doing what? She, uh, the guy that was the trainer is her aunt's boyfriend. Okay. So she has a, yeah, that, that's how she knew. And I, Abby's friends and family go to our church. So this is how, yeah, that she was part of that before me. That whole like six degrees of separation deal. Yeah, it's like when she comes down here, I'm always like LPW for life, you know. It's like me and me and her, the LPW originals. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever thought about trying to get that belt and tour with it? I, you know what, I don't know where that belt is. I, all I, he got that belt. I remember he was so excited. He's sending me pictures of. It. He's like, Chris, look at this belt, man. I ordered it. It's so awesome. I'm like, dude, that is great, you know. And I was happy he wanted me to have it, and you know, I'll I'll promote. If I'm part of something, I will promote it and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like it's the WWF title. I, you, you put a belt on me, I'm going to be proud to show it off and do whatever, you know. And I would, I remember when I got the belt put on me, a couple other guys had had it. Thing was all scratched up already. I'm like, gosh, dang, man. Why, why do you guys just not take care of stuff? You know? <laughs> I mean, immediately it has a scratch on it. It's like, how do you get a scratch on this immediately? It's because you don't take care of stuff, just like you didn't take care of this wrestling organization, you know? You got to take some pride and care in things, you know? Oh, yeah, I remember so my anyway, dad. Would... Yeah, I, I don't know where the belt is. I can only assume that he has it, but God only knows. I remember my dad would keep his, like, wrapped up in a towel and then put it in a bag, and nobody's allowed to touch it. And yeah. Hey, whenever you have a belt, like there's an honor system that goes with it, and I truly, I truly believe that. I think you ought to be holding that thing like you've got the holy, holy grail in your hands. I just don't know why people don't honor and respect stuff. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say that could be a whole thing with society, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, but, that, uh, that, yeah. So anyway, but, um, yeah, that, that back that's so 2018. I come rolling into CCW and. What I did the whole, uh, I showed up every month for, was it a whole year? And I kind of started sitting with you up at the announce table or the ticket table and doing whatever you needed me to do. And was that where we was going with this or was there something else? No, that, well, that's actually going to lead into my next point. I was like, you know, Slamer and I are a little bit older than the other folks in the, in the program. Right. So, you know, that, that front area ended up kind of almost becoming like the old folks section. <laughs> the old folks section. Yeah, but everybody loved us. Yeah, they everybody did. Loved like me, Big Lee and Slammerson at that table. We became a, we became a staple up there. Yeah. And then we, everybody was like, when are you going to wrestle? I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I was just, honestly, I was just happy to be a part of a wrestling organization. Mm-hmm. If I could just, 
I was, I honest to God, I'm still happy to this day. I, I put a lot of work in at UPS. It's pretty tough, even though it's one time a month coming down there, getting up that early to do the ring and all that stuff. But I love to be a part of it. I love to be in there with everybody. I know I'm not much of a people person. I always kind of tend to be (laughs) off by myself, but it's being part of that CCW day is so much fun every, every single month. Well, see, that's what I was going to say a minute ago was like, you talk about being up front there. And our comical shenanigans up front. But, like, you know, I don't think people fully take advantage of the fact that, like, I may be laughing and joking, cutting up, but I'm always paying attention to things. Right. And uh, the one thing, like, I noticed is, like, I would notice all these people coming in asking about, you know, when you, you know, when you're wrestling, when you're wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, let me know, you know, I'll bring the whole family up. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, these people have two tickets they're buying now, but they're going to bring more people because they want to see Chris wrestle. We need to put that information in the booker's ear and say, hey, <laughs> you know, these people are saying this. We need to maybe fast track this process to get it up there. And then when you started actually wrestling, you know, you, always, you got that big pop. But it was like, well, he, because it was what, the riot, one of the, the riot one matches. The riot. So was yeah. that, was that January or February 2019? So like, you know, you got the pop, but people didn't know you were going to be in it because you weren't on the flyer, you weren't being advertised for it. Right. It was. It was. I guess that. Let's see. At the end of the the January show, and I don't even remember what that one was. I was just I was just in the back doing my thing, and I walked past Jason, and Jason said, "Oh, hey, you're gonna be in the riot match next month," and I just I literally just stopped, and I was stunned, and I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah," and I said, "Do I get to win?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and he, he was like, laughed. "Yeah, brother." <laughs> and that there was no brother thing because all I knew is I was gonna be in the riot. This is awesome. Chris Slammer is going to be in the riot. And I'm just like, dang, Chris Slammer. It's like, okay, Chris Slammer. I knew that I wanted my name to be Chris Slammer because the whole Slammer's wrestling gym, Vern right. Langdon gave me a chance. He's died several years ago. This is my way to honor somebody that gave two craps about Chris McFarland. You know, this right. guy wants to be a wrestler. This is where I wanted to go. You let me come out. I represent you the best that I can, you know. So I am Chris Slammer. I had no wrestling gear because I didn't know what was. Oh, actually, I had ordered wrestling gear because I knew eventually I was going to do something or at least plan to. So I researched some places. I found a place called Championship or what was it? Champ, Champ City Gear. And I found a pair of boots I liked. I'm like, can you make boots like this? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, can you make trunks like this with these knee covers? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, awesome. They're like, give me your sizes. I'm like, all right. So when I got on PayPal, it got to the screen where you're going to send this money. And it changed my American money to pesos. And I was like, 450 bucks I'm about to send to Mexico. (laughs) And, but I seen tons of wrestlers who've gotten their stuff from there. And then I seen that this 
something about Brooklyn, New York and Mexico. And I'm like, Isaac, what does this Brooklyn, New York have to do with the stuff being made in Mexico? And he's like, well, you'll get your stuff from Brooklyn. That way you don't have to pay these international charges and all this. And I'm like, okay. And I hit send and I sent the money and I was like, did I just get scammed? Mm-hmm. And the dude was very quick with emails every time I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'd send him like a measurement. He'd immediately respond. As soon as I sent that money, the emails, like, I'd be like, okay, how long will this take? You know, he'd be like, it'd take about six weeks or actually he never gave me a time frame. I'm like, how long do you expect this will take? He's like probably six weeks. And I was like, okay, well then I got announced for that match. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, I'm going to have this <laughs> gear by the time I have to be in this match. And a couple few weeks went by. I never heard anything. You know, I thought he might be like, Hey, you know, how's this look or whatever. Never heard nothing. Six, eight, 12 weeks go by. By and we've done a few events and I don't have any stuff and I'm like sweating it. I'm like, I've lost all this money. So I contacted PayPal. I'm like, I think I've been scammed. They said, okay, we're going to send a message to him. Anyway, once PayPal got involved, miraculously, the next day I had pictures of all my stuff and had my stuff like within a week. So they say what was taking so long? I think he, well, one message was, hey, there's other people too. I'm like, yeah, but you told me this take like six weeks. It's been like three months, you know? And after that, he was very adamant on his post about check us out for gear there might be a three to six week turnaround you know on getting your (laughs) stuff it's like that would have been nice to know in the beginning you know if you would have told me this so anyway jason's like you're going to be in riot i'm like cool so i'm anticipating this for like a month and i don't have any clue of what's going on and jason sends me a text one day he's like hey and i guess well, he, he said, do you have anything that looks like 90s Hollywood or 90s, early 90s Hogan WCW like shirt? And I'm like, OK, I'm like, you mean like this? And I sent him a picture of that tie dyed Hulkamania uh, tank top. And he's like, that's it. Wear this in the match. And I'm like. Awesome. He's <laughs> like, I've got yeah. <laughs> it's so. I guess with that being said, I, I put myself out on social media. It's clear that I am a crazy Hulkamaniac. Anybody mm-hmm. that knows me now knows I am a crazy Hulkamaniac. I've met Hulk Hogan. Hogan follows me on Twitter. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm a crazy Hulkamaniac, and I'm going to come out in this match, and I'm going to do the my thing i'm gonna toss these guys out and then me and baracus are gonna face each other and do the whole andre hogan looking wrestlemania three thing you know so i did i I came out i got a big pop i thought i got a big pop anyway you said i did so i'm assuming that i did and that was pretty exciting i just remember being back behind that curtain getting ready to go out i was thinking i my as you know, my anxiety is not the best in the world. So I was back there. I thought I was going to throw up before I came out of the curtain, but it was crazy. Once I stepped through that curtain, it was like a whole different world. I walked out into and just for that couple minutes, I was in that match and 
I, and I didn't know what, I mean, I was, I knew I was supposed to go out there and throw a couple guys out and me and Barakas were going to meet. Well, after I threw those guys out, I didn't know what to do until Barakas came out and you had guys like Mikey and Gregory Iron. And there was a couple other guys in there. And Mikey was like, he came over and kind of got me through a couple minutes until Barakas came down there. But it was crazy, (laughs) crazy and exciting. But hey, it worked out for you because, you know, you continuously, as Faye Jackson said, got those bookings and signings. Yeah. And I, I guess the pop was good enough that uh, I, I, I must have got the, the, some good attention because uh, they wanted me to wrestle Austin before the, he wrestled Christopher Daniels at one of the super shows. Uh-huh. And Austin told me he wanted to work with me. So I, that, that was a, a pretty big thing for me, for somebody like him to want to work with me. So it was pretty neat also just to be a guy that pops out for a open challenge. It kind of, well, I guess that kind of became my thing. It's like, if there's an open challenge, by gosh, I was coming out to it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, from there, like, you know, it gets you, you've got, you become like a mainstay at Cape Championship Wrestling. Yeah. And now that's turned into you becoming a on again, off again down in Arkansas. Yeah. And, uh, that that was pretty exciting. I mean, I got a call from Austin one day. He's like, come down to Arkansas. He's like, I want the Mega Brothers to wrestle me and Mike Anthony. I'm like, awesome, you know. And me and I remember that's the first time out of CCW I had done anything. And, I man, we got down there. And those people hated me and Dalton. <laughs> and and I, I guess since we was wrestling the two biggest baby faces they have down there. but. That Arkansas crowd, I I love to go down there, but it's not CCW, but I do love to go down there, and I'm trying to get to go down there this week. Uh, Joey said something to me about working me into the card, so I'm just waiting to hear back. They're having a big wrestle fest down there, and I really yeah, I think- would like to be a part of it because Jimmy Hart's going to be there, and you know what a mark I am for Jimmy. And I was going to say, I know Teddy Long's going to be there. Well, actually, I'm going down regardless if he says uh-huh. anything or not, because Paige wants to go and she loves Jimmy Hart. And I think Teddy Long and the Boogeyman and Jazz. I think they're f- the four main people. I think there might be a couple other people too. I'll have to check. But because yeah, I know, uh, growing up, like I was a big Teddy Long fan because oh, I love of, Teddy not Long. because of like the WWE uh, ordeal. You're but talking because like WCW and before. Yeah, like, because I was, one of my favorite tag teams growing up was Doom. Oh, I love Doom. And uh, still one of my top ten favorite theme songs of all time. But, uh, you know, watching them feud with the Horsemen and stuff like that, like, it was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I so I'm just going to pack my wrestling stuff. They always say if you go to an event, you ought to have your stuff with you just in case. So if right. they don't put me in a match or whatever. I just want to go down there just so I can see Jimmy. And if he's like, Hey, we had a no show because you know, you know how these shows are. There's oh, yeah. always a no show. I would be happy to step in. And if I could see Jimmy and get into a match, that would be great. And it's branched me out too. I've, I've had new breed wrestling. Scott Z. He's an awesome promoter up in 
Eldon up in that area. And he's just become a friend over the last couple of years. And he's been asking me to come up there forever. And I was supposed to go make my debut up there last March. And that's when COVID started. So that shut everything down. And I, what made my, I've had three matches up there now. And you got a belt. I got the belt. I'm the Midwest Popcon champion, brother. Any chance of you defending that in Cape? Um, If Scott wouldn't have a problem with it, I'd do it. And if Jason wanted me to defend it, I would would do it in a heartbeat. Because, see, that to me is like one of the things I think is missing in indie wrestling right now. And that's like the traveling champ. Like, I mean, not on the scale of like how Flair did it in the NWA in the 70s and 80s. But, like, like, you know, like, yeah. You know, I think it kind of helps add prestige to the belt. And then I think, you know, you take it to another company and you give one of their guys there a chance at a belt that's, you know, not their world title, but someone else's championship. Right. And it kind of helps elevates them as well. Well, the night I won the belt, he uh, said something to me about taking the belt with me. I'm like, oh, do you want, is it okay if I take it with me? And he's like, absolutely. Because I'm like... I'll be take I'll take pictures of this thing with me everywhere. You know, I'm going to promote this title, man. If you're making me the champion, I'm going to let the world know that I am your champion. And I, and Shannon asked me last month, he's like, Hey, will you bring the belt with you? And I'm like, if you want me to, I absolutely, I took it out last night and Shannon actually said, I'm glad you brought the belt with you. I brought it. And that was my, I wouldn't walk out with it unless it was okay with him. If they didn't think it was, if they don't want me to, I, I wouldn't do that. But if they want me to, if, as long as I'm the champion at new breed and if it's okay with Scott and if they want to have me, uh, defend it, I will happily mm-hmm. defend that thing. I'll defend it anywhere. Anywhere. Well, yeah, we'll do it out here in my backyard. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do it here at the slammers gym, brother. So when you say anywhere, do you mean like in maybe Anna, Illinois? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it going to be a death a death match, brother? <laughs> I mean, you know, it could always be a Midwest hey, popcon death match. Hey, you, hey, seriously, exploding I would, baseball bat death I, match. I've told you before, I would love to come up there. My only problem is the events are through the week, and. I just can't make it through the week because right. of work. It, take, that, take that vacation day, come up and, you know. <laughs> I I don't think I have another vacation until October. We're actually going to Florida and I won't be here for two weeks or I would. Good old Florida. One place I've not been yet. Oh, gosh. I If Heather said we could move to Florida, I would pack up and move right now. See, I don't like the heat, so. Oh, well. <laughs> if if I didn't have to, it would be rough to run a UPS route down there because of the heat. Uh-huh. And, but I would still, if I, I'd sure like to be looking at the ocean all day, if I could deliver in packages, that'd be pretty nice. So that brings, well, getting back to my, I'm old. So I kind of derive from the topic here. Oh, my yeah. brain's kind of scatterbrained here. That's all right. But one of the big things I wanted to talk about is, like, I want to talk about this Hogan character. So, okay. like, the first thing is, like, you know, it's well known that you are a diehard Hogan fan. Your claim to fame is Hogan follows you on Twitter. Uh, tell us about the belt. The 
my belt? What? Oh, the weight. The, oh, the weight belt. Yeah. The Cardillo weight belt. Yeah. Well, okay. The I finally met Hulk Hogan back in 2014. It took me forever, and he opened <laughs> that beat shop up, and. I, I, I mean, I've been in that shop now. I, I don't know how many times we've been to Florida since 2014. But between that and the Orlando shop, I mean, I am a staple in there when I'm down in Florida. I'm in there at least once a day, if not twice. So anyway, 2014, I, his, the guy that runs his shop for him, Ron, was actually there the very first time i went there i guess i'm telling a whole nother story before we get to the belt but he kind of found out that i just wasn't a weird crazy wrestling fan we just kind of got to talking talking about ups and i told it you know he clearly knew that i worked out and i was just a fan and i just told him you know i was like i am a hogan mark i said i'm not one of these weird guys that i guess <laughs> i i get i guess i am but i'm not you know <laughs> uh-huh so anyway, I went back in the next day and Ron's like, ah, oh, you're back, huh? And I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, he'll be here in just a little bit. And I said, he, I said, Hogan's going to be here. He goes, yeah. I was like, oh, he's like, so won't you just hang around for just a little bit? And th- there was like nobody in the shop. <laughs> and uh, me and Heather and Paige were in there. And nobody else was in there but us. And next thing you know, you hear, oh, brother, oh, brother. and here's Hogan walking in on his phone. <laughs> Nick was with him and his wife. And of course, you've met, have you met my wife? Have my I met wife, your wife? Okay. My wife, Heather, is <laughs> the most outgoing, loving person you will ever meet. Uh-huh. She sees Hogan. She runs up to him. Oh, Hulk Hogan. She's like, can I hug you? And he's like, yeah, you know, so Heather hugs him and all this. And I'm just standing there like a statue, deer in headlights. <laughs> and he gets off of his phone, you know, and I'm just kind of standing there. And she's like, this is my husband, Chris. He is literally your biggest fan. He's like, what's up, brother? And he shook my hand. I was like, I am awesome, brother. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So anyway, uh, literally, I don't know how long we was in there with him for and talked to him as much as I could. I couldn't even honestly tell you everything we talked about, but he, I got a little video of me standing there with him and got some pictures and talked to him for a while. And then like he worked out upstairs at Bushwhacker Luke's gym and I've also become friends with Bushwhacker Luke down there. And I just barely missed working out with him because that's that's my bucket list. I just want to do if I can just do one set of curls so I can say I pump my pythons with the Hulkster that I've got to <laughs> do that, you know. So anyway, uh, I guess. Dang, what is this? Twenty twenty one. So, yeah, I. I think it was right before I started. You had we had the Jerry Lynn seminar at CCW. Uh-huh. I was actually not part of CCW, but I came to the seminar, and like right before that seminar, Hogan did a giveaway 
for uh, one of his Cardillo weight belts. And Steve Cardillo, who I'm also friends with, and I'll get to something else about that in a second, uh, Steve has made all the weight belts for every wrestler for over 30 years. And he, he started making the belts, and he would give them to guys like Hogan and Macho Man and all these guys because he loved the wrestlers, and the wrestlers would wear them and really promote his belt, you know. So anyway, Steve keeps tons of belts down at his shop. And there was just this random, hey, buy something at Hogan's Beach shop and be entered to win a Hogan belt. All right, well, I need a couple bandanas. So I ordered a couple bandanas and I'd sit and like, oh, ordered me a couple bandanas, you know. So <laughs> next day I'm at work. It's been a long, cold, suck day at work. And I've got another friend who Hogan follows. He lives in North Carolina and he sends me a message. He's like, hey, have you not been on Facebook? I'm like, dude, I literally just got off work. It's like seven, eight o'clock at night. And he's like, uh, you need to get on Facebook. They do this drawing and you ought to watch it. It's so funny. And they have this trash can. They pick my name out of it. And Hogan's like, uh, they're like, Chris McFarlane wins, you know. And Hogan's like, oh, that jabroni. And <laughs> it, it, watch the video. It's pretty funny. But it, 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 it's pretty cool, you know. And so I have that autographed weight belt from him. And it rules. And. It's I, I, I guess you've seen I've taken a million pictures with it. Mm -hmm. It hangs it. It hangs in my wrestling shrine, and uh, he had sent me a tweet and said like I knew you'd appreciate this belt, brother. He says wear it out, and when you wear it out, I'll send you another one. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a couple of weeks ago, Steve Cardillo sends me a message. He's like, uh, I'm gonna send you a belt, and he's like. Send my buddy Pete at American Nutrition Center, Boston. He's like, send him what you want on it, and we'll we're gonna send you a belt. So I don't know if you've seen it. I got it a couple weeks ago. I actually had the event last night. I should have brought it to you. I almost wore it to the ring. I just didn't. But I have a custom slammer uh, Cardillo weight belt. It's pretty you awesome. Should have wore it to the ring. I know it. I you could have. You could have. I wore them brand new trunks, and it would have looked really awesome with them. You could have wore that out on live pay-per-view. Oh, I know it. We're on pay-per-view. I'm a pay-per-view staple now, brother. Look at Big that. Big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> it's running wild, brother. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So that's my that's my Hulk Hogan weight belt story. So that leads me to my uh, question there, or my follow-up to that is, do you feel now you've kind of pigeonholed yourself into this Hogan gimmick and like you're trying to, you got, is this something you want to continue to do or are you wanting to kind of branch away from it? You know what? I'm, I'm, I, I can, I would do whatever I'm, I actually didn't really have a, I, I guess I don't have a gimmick because I, this isn't a gimmick. That's truly me. I mean, I do this crap. I literally do this around my house. I walk around the house being like, you know, do I just did it, and you're, no one's here to see me. Uh, <laughs> I I I I've done that since I was a kid. I mean, walking through a door, I'm you know uh, doing Hogan poses and all this. I do. <laughs> I so when they asked me to do that, it's like, oh heck, I didn't know what I was going to do in wrestling was literally under my nose the whole time because I had <laughs> no direction. And then Jason said that about the shirt, and it's like, okay. 
which also leads to the whole new breed thing because my first match I had at new breed, I just had these new black trunks made and I'm all pumped to wear these black trunks. And I got this new design and all this. And I showed up and he had asked me the next show. He's like, Hey, is there any chance you would wear the yellow for the next match? And I was like, so I was kind of trying to get away from the yellow, but Mm -hmm. I, whatever, whatever the promoter asked me to do the booker, I will do it because that's their show, and that's what they want me to do. That's what I'll do. That's what signs the paycheck. Yeah, and uh, I'm doing this because I love it. And if they want me to do, it, you know, I'll yeah, I'll 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 do it. It's awesome. <laughs> so what are you, what are some of the goals you're looking forward to doing like this? Year? Like, what do you got like goal wise coming up? Like, what are you really trying to focus on getting to? Besides uh, deathmatch slammer. Deathmatch slammer. Well, I, I, I will throw this out there. I would love the Mega Brothers to be the CCW Tag Team Champions. I think that would rule. We've had uh-huh. a couple shots at it. We haven't won it, but I, Dalton is the greatest person in the world, and I would def- love nothing more than to be a tag team champion with him. I know there's a lot of better wrestlers in the world to me i don't have uh i don't do a whole lot i'll admit that but i do what i do pretty good and i will say i'll throw it out there i'd love to be the ccw champion why not i'd love to be the new breed champion you know i'll come hey i want to be the anna anna fufu champion God, Zach needs to get rid of that name. That is like the stupidest thing ever. I, I actually like it. I think it's pretty cool to say Anna Fufu. And the shirt I, rules. I love that shirt that you guys have out. The Anna, the ECW-looking shirt. That shirt's awesome. Yeah, it, it's a cool shirt. But, like, I tell him daily, like, he needs to get rid of that. Like, that's a whole other ordeal. But, yeah, I'm just like, that. that's just stupid. <laughs> I think it's gold. So any other uh, and goals? I mean, I have every I have every goal in the world. I know uh, I've said it forever. I want to wrestle a match on Monday Night Raw, and I put it out there in the universe. And I think things come around that are supposed to. And I think that one day that I will. I don't know why I can. I know a lot of guys that have been on Monday Night Raw. It's like, why not me? Uh, so, so have you I went mean, through the I mean, process that, have you went through like the process to apply for it and stuff like that no i haven't but i've known i've known a few guys that have been on raw that have uh basically you know got i'm because i've asked a few people i'm like what have you done to how have you got on monday night raw and they've been like well you know they reach out to certain people in our you know promoters and they'll be like hey do you have some guys and that's how they kind of got their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they're a backstage security or something, it's like, you know, they've been on Monday Night Raw. And I, I think it'd be cool to actually get in the ring and have a match. I could care less. I mean, I'm sure it'd be a squash match if it was a match on Raw. But the, I, I appreciated all those matches back in the days when you had your jobbers and all that, which is a whole another thing. But yeah. I would, I would let, I, uh, my dream is to be a WWE superstar. I, I mean, and like Mike Bennett said, we did a seminar with him yesterday. You know, there's, 
some big companies out here now. There used to be one. It's like you got AEW, and we know several people that are there. It's like that'd be awesome to mm-hmm. be in an AEW ring, a Ring of Honor ring, uh, Impact ring. It'd be cool to go to to Japan, I, you know, and be in a new Japan ring. Why? Why not? Why not go for the whole world? There you go. I like that spirit. I I I mean, it's that's that's me. That's I, I dream big. Dream big or don't dream, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know why people. You know, I I get up every day, man. I got goals in mind. I, you know, I if I I do. I try, I'm living the dream and I just want to go as far as I can ever go. So uh, the other thing, I don't think this gets talked about enough and it kind of derives a little bit off of the wrestling topic, but, uh, you know, besides you being a diehard Hulk Hogan fan, uh, it's also come to my attention that you're also a diehard Nirvana fan. Oh gosh. That's my band. So like, what what's your pull to Nirvana? What's my what? What's your pull for like what get what? Why are you so attached to Nirvana? Well, I mean, when I when I, let's see, I uh, I remember eating a bowl of cereal when I was in high school, and I always watched MTV every morning before I went to school. And the the first song, of course, I heard was "Smells Like Teen Spirit," brand new video. Mm-hmm. And immediately I heard that and I was like, man, that rules. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, that was, you know, went out and of course bought Nevermind. Then I went out and, you know, gosh, they had incesticide and bleach and, you know, immediately got those love every song would have give anything to seeing them in concert. I think I can only think of one time they were in St. Louis and I think it was at a small venue. I can't even, I can't even remember where it was at. Uh, then of course, in utero came out probably my in utero is probably, it is, it's my favorite of all their CDs. The unplugged's fine, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of unplugged music. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. And I just remember, uh, me and my buddies driving around what was it april 5th 1994 and we're out and about and 105 up to no seven, good up to no good 1057 the point breaking news you know kurt cobain's dead and i'm just like just remember sitting there this can't be real you know and it's like what the heck am i going to listen to now and fast forward that's Better music. Everything that I listen to, but I always—that's just my—that's my genre of music. Every, you know, when Nirvana got popular, then Alice in Chains got popular, and Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam, and Screaming Trees, and that's that Seattle-based grunge is just. So for me, like I one, I always thought Alice in Chains should have been a much bigger band than what Nirvana was. Really? Well, yes. I mean, they've, they've been around longer, even though they have a different lead singer. I mean, Alice in Chains is out. And, you know, even without Lane, uh, uh, William Duvall's their lead singer. Right. And dude sounds creepily so much like Lane in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But they have such a different sound than what they had with Lane 
but Jerry Cantrell, I mean, he's the band. I mean, Jerry. Oh he's, yeah. He's, he's the man. <laughs> but I was going to say, as far as Nirvana goes, like, you know, I, I loved Nirvana in high school, mm-hmm. but it didn't take long for me to grow out of that Nirvana phase. Really? Well, and they just weren't around long enough. For me, it was just <laughs> like, oh, yay, teenage angst and all this, like, what I was, it, for me, like, what I was taking that time is, like, loud, angry music. And then when I started getting into other stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, maybe this Nirvana thing's not for me. Because, like, you know, at that time, then I'm starting to get into bands like Corn and Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, Pantera. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, well, wait, this whole grunge thing's yeah. not for me. They're, yeah, they're, that's a, so so much different than Pantera and all that. I mean, they're just angry, you know. And <laughs> Right. I mean, it, that was the thing, though, for me. I was like, well, hey, you know. And then those that know me knows, like, it didn't stop there. Then it. You know, it goes further down the line of like getting into Cannibal Corpse and right. you know, obituary and stuff like that. And then, of course, migrates to hate breed and terror in the hardcore style. But, you know, it's one of those things like I can still go back and like, uh, you know, like last night. So uh, they played one of the Nirvana songs over the loudspeaker during the pre-show meet and greet. And I caught myself just walking around like humming it as, I'm, as they're playing it. Right. But like... I guess I I appreciate it, like from the business side. However, just for me, it's just like I, I don't know. Like it, I honestly believe that you know, had Nirvana not come to an end, then uh, I don't necessarily know their legacy would have been as big as it right. was. Well, apparently, too. I mean, look how big the Foo Fighters are and have been. So that's something I never understood. I, Sometimes I catch myself, I'm, I'm a fan of the Foo Fighters, and I was mainly, I was immediately a fan just because Dave, it was Dave Grohl's band, and right. when they came out, Dave Grohl singing, I'm like, I didn't know Dave Grohl sang. <laughs> and it's like, this whole time he was the Nirvana drummer, he was writing music, and I mean, he was probably going to be going to do his own thing anyway, eventually, but, you know, Nirvana was, I mean... When did they form? 87, 88? Yeah, somewhere around the late 80s. And they that's, get, I, think that's, I think that's when Bleach came out was, what, 89? Bleach was 89, so maybe 88. What was their first? Their first Man, I, I watched a thing, about, a documentary, and they was, he was singing Love Buzz like in an apartment somewhere. And there was like 10 people in this apartment, and it was so awesome. <laughs> and so, I mean, you they, they were basically a band for what? Let's see, 90, Six, 90, seven years, was 91, was it 91, 92? Let's see, he died in 94, so it was 93 when In Utero came out. So was it 92 when Nevermind came out? Either 91 or 92, I think 92. 91. So basically they had a two-year run. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> I mean, they were huge in Seattle, but they weren't mainstream until 92. So they were huge for two whole years. But yeah, with it, like I said, like the grunge thing, it just like, one, I cannot stand Pearl Jam. You know, I like Pearl Jam. I've always liked Pearl Jam, but I mean, they're not anywhere like one of my, I like 10. I like the sound of like even flow, but then they kind of got kind of, I don't know, mainstreamy, yeah, normal sounding. So yeah, 10's clearly 
their best art. Yeah, ten. That's clearly their best music. And then I was. Opinion. And then I wasn't a big fan of Soundgarden either. Oh, I I like Audio Slave. I love Soundgarden, but I like Audio Slave. Audio Slave. Like I really like. The I just one, like the, Chris Cornell. I love Chris Cornell's voice. I liked the uh, Soundgarden or uh, the Soundgarden, the Spoonman. That was probably like the only song I really cared about from Soundgarden. You didn't but it like was Fell on Black Days. Fell on no. Black Days. That's a good song. And then when it came to uh, uh, Audio Slave, I wasn't a big fan until uh, they had that one song I liked. Uh, Doesn't even matter. Okay. But like. But a lot of like it stuff like I was never a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. Oh, now see Stone Temple Pilots. Gosh dang man, I love Stone Temple Pilots. They're but oddly enough, I wasn't a Stone Temple Pilots fan, but I did love Velvet Revolver. I like Velvet Revolver too, but I like Scott also Scott Weiland's voice. So I mean, I'm, whoever he sings with, whether it's Slash or. Stone Temple Pilots is gonna be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who who all was in Velvet Revolver? When they're when they're bassist, Guns and Roses bassist. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Guns because it's like was it Guns weird, and Roses with Scott Weiland kind of. It like was like at Velvet weird time Revolver because like Chris Cornell with Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like it was all at these weird bands, time. It was just like a bands, mashup. Yeah, and they had they did that a lot then public enemy and anthrax oh my gosh that's good stuff right there well that you that, you, you probably like anthrax and public enemy that was mad angry stuff well that you probably liked iced tea though with uh who, yeah body count body count couldn't think of it yeah, Body Count's one of my favorite bands. Like they were so. Much fun. <laughs> I'm sure I got to they see were. Li- I got to see them live one time, and it was so much fun. Oh, I'm but sure like, it so was. with Public Enemy and Anthrax, you know, they only did that song or two. But like, you know, these full fledged. I guess that was. Yeah, but like when you have like Body Count, like these full like like realistic bands, like a full like a full time band, and then you had uh, Audio Slave, and you had uh, Velvet Revolver. And then, of course, uh, I was trying to think of the one like when Rage they had Rage Against the Machine without uh, Zach De La Rocha. They mm-hmm. had uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy and uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill. Prophets oh, of gosh. Rage. Prophets of Rage, yep. So I'm excited. I got tickets for now. It's got moved again, so it's next year. But to finally get to see Rage Against the Machine live. Really? Yeah, they're coming Where to at? St. Louis at the Are Enterprise really? Center. I did yeah. not know that. Heather and Paige, there are some concert-going people, but they go, you know, they go see, uh, gosh, what they got tickets for uh, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they, go see stuff, they go see stuff like Jonas Brothers and uh, Justin Bieber and who they see. they seen, uh, gosh, I can't even think of what her name is. They go, gosh, they... One Direction, they're, they are some concert-going people. And here I am, I remember last, well, two years ago, Alice in Chains came out, like, I got to go see Alice in Chains. And it just <laughs> went by, and I didn't see him. I was like, oh, I'm never going to see Alice in Chains. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to go to Rage, just let me know. You can ride with me up here. Where, what, what, what date is it on? It's on, you like, could, a, fri- it's like a Friday say, or Saturday. Fill, fill me in on that. If that's a Saturday, that might be something that's, possible for me 
Yeah, because I know uh, I think the only thing I have on the block now is the grown in September to see corn and stained and fire nice. from the gods. I don't know who fire from the gods is. Oh, they're sure. a really good band. My buddy AJ's a singer for them. Mm-hmm. And check them out. Like they're really good. And then uh, we're going down to Nashville. My buddy Jelly Roll's doing. Uh, it's crazy. Like I remember meeting him at Kennet at the Eagles Club, and now like seven years later, he has uh, sold out the Ryman in Nashville. Oh wow! And he's like one of the only three hip hop acts to play the Ryman. Really? Yeah. And then uh. We're doing uh we're going to an outdoor show like a week after that back in Nashville for Terror and Comeback Kid. I guess so I don't that, know who they are either. Uh they're hardcore bands. I, I said I don't I don't listen to many hardcore bands. Check out Jelly Roll though. Uh, All right. I think you'll pro- especially a lot of his newer stuff, I think you'll get a kick out of. Well, I'll check it out. But uh and then Check out Terror too. Terror, Terror's like one of my top five bands. All right, I will. But uh, it, it's one of those things like when you're pumping those irons. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, some good. I love some good getting my ear yelling at me music when I'm working out. Yeah, that'll definitely do it to you. Okay. Well, I'll I usually to have it. to listen to it when I get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, big question to wrap this up here. All right. That is. Do you think, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, you know, I told you before we started uh, recording that uh, my podcast is a little bit more controversial than some of the others you've done. Okay. So I got to put a little bit of controversy in this episode. Are you ready for oh, it? Oh, I guess. Bring it. Okay. Do you think uh, Kurt shot himself or do you think Courtney did it? Oh, gosh. I... <laughs> And there's conspiracies that he's not even dead and all this, but I, I think, I, I mean, I don't think Courtney killed him. I don't think she had it done. I think that he probably, he lived in pain. He was, I know he had, you know, what didn't he have some pretty bad stomach pain, you know, stuff like that. He was addicted to heroin. He had just recently been out of the, I think, I think he walked out of rehab. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I I think he did it to himself. You think he did? Yeah, I don't think Courtney killed him. See, I don't know, like, I teeter back and forth on that line. I'm also a Hole fan. I like Hole. I like Courtney. Uh, you know, I never got into Hole. Not in the Hole. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I wasn't uh, trying to have you to actually earn that parental advisory warning. I here. just got it, didn't I? <laughs> yep. <sighs> Talking about getting it in the hole. <laughs> but no, like, I, I don't know. Like, I I remember, uh, and they, I was trying to think of that big, the one big song they really had. Would probably be anything off Live Through This, because I think that was all their main music. See, I thought their main album was Celebrity Skin. Well, that was Celebrity Skin was on Live Through This. Live Through This was the album. Celebrity oh, okay. Skin. Celebrity Skin was probably their big song. That or Dial Parts or Violet. Uh, Malibu. Vi- Vi- Violet might have been their biggest one. Because Violet's what Moxley used, isn't it? Because uh, I want to say when I, saw Bl- when I saw Moxley at Bloodsport, he used Violet as an intro. Oh, may- maybe he did. 
I don't know. Last last I seen, I seen Moxley on what AEW a week or so ago, and seems like he was had a Joan Jett song playing. No, uh, did Joan Jett do Wild Things? Wild Thing. It was Wild Thing. It was Joan Jett Wild Thing. That's exactly what it was. I just think she was the one that did Wild Thing. I think she did a recover remake of it. I don't think she was the original. I think Wild Thing is like an old song. I think she yeah. did it. Do you think that's going to lead to what everything's being rumored to? Or what? Or let me rephrase this. I don't put you on the spot like that. Do you know the significance of Wild Thing? I guess not. <clears throat> Do you know who Onita is? Uh-uh. So Onita is one of the most iconic Japanese deathmatch wrestlers of all time. Okay. And he's inf- he made infamous the uh, like exploding barbed wire deathmatch, okay. which you know AEW did, and it, it, it Yeah, I mean that that's a whole topic. Like you know, people got to understand the whole like not to pull back the curtain too much. But I think it's already been yeah. set online that you know the explosion is more of a crowd effect. It's not you know. Right. It's not necessarily about blowing up the ring. Blowing up the ring with the wrestlers in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't think it took away from that match. And personally, I think it's cool that they did a death match on mainstream pay-per-view like that. But anyways, Onita uh, it made that famous. That was his entrance. You know, he'd wear the leather jacket, smoke the cigarette, and come out to wild things. Oh, uh, okay. And then now, you know, you see Moxley coming out with the jacket, listening to Wild Thing, coming out to Wild Things. Ah, uh, I see. And it just so happens, you want to talk about conspiracies. July 4th, Onita is starting back FMW as FMWE, so Frontier Martial Art Wrestling Explosion, where they're going to primarily focus on explosion matches, whether it's the explosion barbed wire or like uh where they do like the exploding bats. Oh nice. Exploding so, bats. Sounds sounds riveting. Dude, it's crazy to hear live. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> they used a couple of them when we were down in Indiana a couple weeks ago for the Southern Sickness Cup. And uh by the way, just a plug here, uh make sure you go smart mark video and pick up at uh Southern Sickness uh twenty twenty one DVD and digital download. And uh, you'll definitely won't regret it. But anyways, uh, so with all this going on now, you know, does is this a sign that Moxley is now calling out Onita to have him Onita come to America or have him go to Japan for uh, a barbed wire for the death match? Death match. Yes. Maybe that's what it is. A conspiracy. Because you the know that's kind of full of conspiracies. That, well, I mean that's one of the things though. Like, I don't know how much you follow Game Changer Wrestling, but uh, you know they brought the big uh, Ricky Shane Page Nick Gage feud to an end uh, at Spring Break, and that okay. led to uh, Moxley feuding now with Nick Gage. Okay, I didn't see so, that he was feuding. Yeah, so like. Moxley apparently shows up at random GCW shows to jump uh, Nick Gage. Mm. So then that leads to, 
you know, like as we're recording this, it's May 30th, 2021. Uh, AEW has a pay-per-view tonight, double or nothing. And, you know, one of the heavy rumors flying around is that, you know, it's a strong possibility this Nick Gage show up tonight at AEW. Ah. I thought they didn't do spoilers at AEW or surprises. They always do surprises. Oh, maybe that was like during their live shows, they don't do surprises. Because they don't, uh, they 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 want to promote somebody before uh, they come, so people watch. Apparently, uh, the TNT officials said uh, that, or a rumor was they said that they didn't want to do the surprises because I think it was when they did the Sting surprise. Mm-hmm. They were upset that they couldn't promote it, but since this is a pay per view and it gives them the, you know, watch the pay per view and then see the fallout. If did Nick Gage show up? At double or nothing. Yeah, that that's cool. That's kind of like I was going to say that earlier. It's like you know, back in the Nitro days, whenever that was getting hot, and you mm-hmm. had uh, Scott Hall show up that first night, it was like, oh crap. And then Hall showed. I mean, you just well, actually, probably from the time when Luger showed up at the at the at Nitro, was that the very first Nitro he showed up at? Right, ninety-five. Like, Whoa, yeah. Oh, he can't be there. He's in the WWF. Or the <laughs> time when Rick Rude showed up at both and Raw and Nitro he was the on same Raw night. And Nitro the same night. Yeah, and, yeah. I used to keep two TVs in my room so I could watch them both, and one of the TVs had a v- uh, VHS in it, so I could record one of them. <laughs> and I would usually it got to the point where I'd only watch I would watch Nitro and then watch Raw because Raw was always taped. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, since it's taped, I can tape it and I'll watch this one live and then watch the tape show after it. But yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't have to really promote anything because you was tuning in because God only knows what was going to happen on one of those shows. Exactly. Ratings were through the roof for both of them. <laughs> it's crazy. To look at the numbers they put up then versus what they put up now. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, yeah. I get technology changes, and you know, is it an antedated, antiquated system? Not antedated, antiquated yeah. system that they use yeah. to measure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how they do it, but I mean, it, here, here's my simple thing on how they can make their shows better. And I'm not a booker, and I don't really know how to. I book should, Chris Slammer. This, this, yeah, book me. The, <laughs> you, you remember when they had Nitro and it went to three hours? Remember yeah. how many wrestling matches that would be on? three hours they had a ton of matches and then they had like typically one big story which would have been something surrounding the nwo Mm -hmm. you just had a ton of wrestling matches and then you had i mean it's it was just so full of wrestling matches they weren't real long matches but you got to see just a whole bunch of different people and man it was just good it was good so that's See, my, my philosophy. You have three hours of Raw to fill, and they have about, what, five or six matches in three hours, and they try to do a promo every five minutes, and then at the top of the hour, this is what happened in the previous hour. This is what happened right before we went to break. And it's like, ah. And they have the same matches every single week. See, my thing is, like, if they want to change something, they want to make it better, they need to go back to two hours. Or go back to two hours. Because, like, I know personally my attention span can't handle a three-hour show. It's pretty hard. 
So it'd, I, it'd get it more if it was better. So <laughs> see, like I I hate when they do WrestleMania like a six hour show. Yeah, I I'm not quite sure what I thought about the two nights, but it was nice that, that it had an ending time. So I mean, you still had six hours though it was broke up over two days, but now you had to commit two days to watching something. You know. See, I don't think I watched the first night. I just watched the second one. I watched them both. I forgot I was doing something and I couldn't watch the first night. And it was also nice that they, I mean, it was nice that there were fans because it had been forever since they had any fans in the crowd. And maybe, maybe it'll get, you know, AEW, they had fans Friday night. I couldn't imagine wrestling in front of nobody. I mean, it's got to be hard. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because I think tonight they're supposed to have a full crowd of like 5,500 people at Daly's Place. Yeah, it should it should be. I mean, fifty five hundred people be sounding like fifty thousand to them when they're there. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of like when they start announcing fans back for baseball. It's like, okay, there'll be twelve thousand there. It's like, what crap? Twelve thousand people is going to sound like a hundred thousand. You know? I don't know. To me, it don't matter how many fans there. I still think baseball's boring. Oh, I'm, I love baseball. I could never get. I tried to get into it. Uh, back in the late nineties, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I've just, I've just been a baseball fan since I was a little kid. I've always been a Cardinal fan. I got you. I'm well, a big sports fan. What do you got coming up on the schedule? Well, like I said, this Saturday, I'm going down to revolutionary wrestling entertainment in Grubbs, Arkansas, whether I'm on the card or not. He said he tried to work me into a match or, or his words were, do you want to see if I can work you into a match? I said, yes. So I don't know if that means I'm going to be in a match. Whether I am or not, I'm going down there because I want to see Jimmy Hart. Uh-huh. Uh, next week, June 12th, I will be in Mills Creek, Missouri, defending the New Breed Wrestling Midwest PopCon Championship against somebody. I don't know who. And I think that's a joint promotion. I think the Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling is going to be a part of that, too. Uh, June 26th, I assume we're having a Cape Championship Wrestling event because we have one at the end of every month. So they announced that last night, sir. Oh, did they? Yeah. When we were talking, they were announcing the main event. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? They, I had come up to you because I was getting followed around by this random fan that thinks he needs to come up to me 400 times during the event. And I wasn't trying to be mean, but I also wanted to talk to you for a second, but yeah. Okay. So June, June 26th, Cape Championship Wrestling, the AC Brase Arena, probably be on Fight TV, but come there live and see Slammer Mania live in action. There you go. And, of course, you know, you'll be able to come see your boy Big Lee at the front ticket office June 24th at Anna Fight Underground for Madman Pondo's bloody, bloody birthday celebration, first time ever death match, Madman Pondo, first day cleared from his lung puncture injury will be in the ring against public animal. Number one, Schlack. Schlack. I tell Schlack. you what, I, I love Madman Pondo. One of the I nicest think, guys. Yeah. We had him at Cape and I forget what he did. I remember he came in with some saw looking thing and the commissioner seen him and said, Nope. Yeah. He I... took it back outside. He brought in a stop sign. But I seen Madman Pondo was at Gateway well, Renegade Championship Wrestling. Was that what it was called? It I was think it was so- that before Gateway. 
it was in yeah, it was in DeSoto, Missouri, and Superfly Jimmy Snuka was there. It was at a Knights of Columbus Hall, and I seen Madman wrestle. Was it too tough, Tony? Is that yeah? Was that the match? Anyway, uh, I seen Madman climb some scaffolding. I don't remember how high he was. He was. I felt like he was on the ceiling of that Knights of Columbus Hall, and I seen him jump off of that through a few tables, and I thought that was the most amazing thing I had ever <laughs> seen live. So I actually got to tell Madman that, and I said that was so freaking cool. So. Yeah, I guess like Pondo's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, I hope you guys have a sellout and tear the house down. I know that's what it's all about in deathmatch and any wrestling. Tear the house down, but literally yeah. in hardcore wrestling. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Slammer, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate having you on here. I know it's been a long time. We've been trying to plan this out, and I'm yeah. glad we finally got this uh, scheduled out. Where can everybody find you at? Okay, you can find me in, let's see, Facebook is Chris McFarland. I have the Slammer Wrestling page and a Slammer's Gym Wrestling page. If you want to like those or add me on Facebook, I am Instagram, Chris underscore Slammer. Uh, I'm at Max Gym, M-A-C-S-G-Y-M on Twitter. Follow me. Follow me. Uh, <laughs> YouTube, Chris McFarland. You can subscribe to that and check out my matches. And let's see, what else do I have? I have a TikTok, but I really don't do much on there. But you can get on there and see whatever you like. I have a T-shirt shop on Pro Wrestling Tees. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Slammer. You can get the Black Slammer shirt. And I think my new shirt's getting ready to be put up on there. They just approved that the other day, so that should be on there. So you can buy a shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com. And if you're a fan of Collar and Elbow like I am, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Buy yourself some Collar and Elbow gear. Use Chris Slammer at checkout and save 10%. I am also a sponsored athlete for Squared Circle Apparel. Uh, I think it's save 15% at checkout with uh, discount code Slammer. And I think that's all of my Instagram. Did I say Instagram? Chris underscore Slammer. And I think, I think that's the only everything. thing I think the only thing you forgot was to drop your drop your light and long on there so people can come visit you. My what? Your light and long. Your coordinates for where you live at. Where I live at? Farmington, Missouri. <laughs> it was a joke. I'll explain it later. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean Venice Beach, California. That's where I'm from. Brother. <laughs> or Florida. Florida, I'm Clearwater Beach, Florida, Venice Beach, California. I, I reside in both. I'm hanging and banging everywhere, brother. There you go, hanging and banging. Hanging and banging. I think that may be the. Uh, I think that may be the title of this episode: Hanging and Banging with Slammer. Hanging and banging with Slammer. I like that episode name. <laughs> please do that. <laughs> I'll have to make sure I don't forget that. Well, don't like I said. Like I said, Chris, thanks for coming on here. I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate everybody listening to this episode. Thank you so much for all the love and support you show the Big Leagues World podcast. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this episode. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Go to BigLeagueWorld.com and uh, pick you up a Big Leagues World t-shirt. Uh, high quality, great. They're selling really good. And I love seeing people wear them. 
make sure that you uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Big Lee's World. Uh, if you ever got any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email me at BigLee'sWorld at gmail.com. And uh, once again, just thanks to everybody for all the love and support uh, with the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, two scoops of whoop, whoop, whoop.